Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Podcast coming in your ear holes. No intro on this episode. I'm in the middle of the Rutcation podcast series, and I was actually laid down in bed looking at the wind, what it was going to do tomorrow, and I was scrolling through, and it said Wednesday. And I went, oh, shit, I got to get an episode out for these guys, a regular scheduled episode. Um, so we got Mike Reed on covering November 9th through the 16th here. Um, Mike Reed from Midwest Whitetail. Guys kill slammers every year. He actually killed the last year. He killed one on the 8th and the one on the, the day before and the day after this, I believe. Two absolute giants. So. We, we cover a whole bunch of stuff in this. Um, if he's doing all-day sets, um, uh, if he's hunting mornings and evenings, what his perfect setups is, what are the, what the bucks are doing, and then go into the stories of his two hunts. Uh, but let's get into people to make this possible, get into the show, starting with Exodus. Um, guys, if you've been listening to me for any time in the last five years, you've been hearing me talk about Exodus outdoor gear. Um, this year... They picked up the new MMT arrows, and if you're in the market for a new set of arrows, this is the set that you want to get. It's a custom tailor-built arrow to your specific settings for your bow. They're going to take your draw weight, your draw length, um, what bow you have, what kind of head you're shooting, and they're going to give you the best arrow shooting possible, or best shooting arrow possible for your setup. Um, correct spine, correct length. Um, they they use a really high quality knock. Um, you can get them with inserts. You can get them without inserts. Very, you can get them with lighted knocks if you want. A lot of customization. Very clean, very straight arrows. So if you're in the market for a new set of arrows, look up the Exodus MMT arrow. Um, getting into 330 archery, uh, the, my boy over there, Tony, um, he's out there hunting hard. If you're listening to this, good luck, Tony. But if you guys are in the need of a new bowstring, um, he can get the turnaround within a week. So if something happens to your bow, you go to your backup bow, you want yours back and fresh, ready to go. He's got a week turnaround right here in season he's talking about. And he's also looking for some guys that have some older bows 
that he can ramp revamp for you and get you back out in the woods. So if you if that is you, look up three three o archery three three o h archery dot com or on Instagram. Um, and uh, afflict your broadheads. I'm shooting the K2 fixed. I got a couple of buddies that messaged me said they're also shooting the K2 fixed, having some really good success with them. Um, I've been waiting to kill a buck with them, and hopefully by when we were listening to this podcast, I killed this morning and got to send one of those K2s. But um, it's the flattest, um, truest shooting fixed blade I've shot in a long time. Um, a lot of people have had a success over them throughout the years, and tons and tons of videos online about um, what they can do. So um, Exodus put out a whole bunch of them they, of testing this year, and they used the K2 broadhead on a lot of it, and it performed top three out of all fixed blades. So... All right, guys, so let's get into the show. All right, I got Mike Reed on late tonight. How's it going, brother? It's going great, Cody. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on late notice here. Um, I have I have four kids, so you are you outnumber me by one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah a little bonus at the end there. We had twins on the fourth pregnancy. Oh, so man, I, yeah. I got a bonus on a... I got one up on a lot of guys because of that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I went the the three boy route, and then we had to go for that fourth one to try to get a girl. So, um, luckily, Did it work? yeah, it happened. <laughs> yeah, luckily, I got I got a three month old daughter. Just turned three months today. So, um, God, wow, congrats! My, yeah. Mine was I had three girls to start, and we were going one more time for a boy, and then got twin boys. Wow, so. perfect! That's exactly what you yeah. wanted. <laughs> I'm not- I'm yeah. Little little dudes as a brother. So, yeah, uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That that that's better off anyway. So he'd yeah, have been yeah, he'd sure. have been you you guys would have been outnumbered. Now at least you got a three pack to hang out with. All right. Well, I wanted to have you on this series to cover November 9th through the 16th. Um, I know you've had a lot of success during this time frame. Um, but just to start out, give a brief introduction of who you are and kind of a little backstory about you. Yeah. So my name is Mike Reed. Um, I live in Iowa now since 2009. I'm originally from Louisiana. I grew up there just, you know, infatuated with hunting from a really young age. Learned a lot of hunting from particularly my grandfather, uncle's dad, you know, my grandfather in particular. uh, Just grinded out on public land for, geez, a, a decade and a half and moved to Iowa for my occupation, uh, you know, and, and kind of followed you know, all the hunting shows when I was in my teens and twenties and kind of dreamed of Iowa and eventually, um, made it up here. And it's been now, I think about seven years ago that I I bought my first farm, but the first five or six years in Iowa was public. And then I I did a lease for a year or two and, you know, I'm just obsessed with bow hunting and love spending time in a tree. And now I've got, you know, five kids and a busy, busy job. And, uh, we got to kind of fight for our time in the tree, but I, I do still love every minute of it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I, like I, I tell my wife, I said, I got this vacation time and it's nothing comes up. This is what I'm planning on doing with a lot yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm right yeah, there with you. It's a you. balance for sure. Yeah. But, uh, I spend a lot of time now, obviously, trying to get my kids. My oldest is 11. And so a, a passion of mine now is trying to, you know, it, it just expose them to hunting and, and, and hopefully instill some love for the outdoors and, and wildlife management and all that good stuff. So it's a lot of fun still, for sure. Yeah, ton of fun. So um, getting back here to the content, November 9th through the 16th. So what are the Bucks doing at this time of the year? Yeah, obviously, 
I think it depends on where you are. You know, I've I've had the good fortune of hunting kind of multiple areas in the U.S., but speaking specifically about Iowa uh, and a lot of the Midwest for that matter, you're you're you know you're transitioning into what a lot of people call the lockdown, which really, I mean, historically, if I had to pick a time to hunt, it's not my favorite time to hunt, but you know, November you just never know, and uh, you certainly can get some big bucks, you know, under your tree at that time. Uh, bow hunting can be fairly tough and i don't know if I, i'd tell people that if you had a vacation this is the time you would take it but you know in the midwest or and i always say peak breeding is november 15th so they say the the few days before and after that you know go plus or minus three or four days you know a lot of the does are in estrus so a lot of the bucks they're not there's not necessarily a lot of movement um so that ninth tenth time frame you can still catch quite a bit of regular old rutting activity but then you're bleeding over into uh that time frame where i think a lot of people would call it the lockdown but there's there's lots of factors that that you know make up the rut in november and what we might experience and it's hard to say anything but if you got the time be in a tree yeah this is kind of like a two almost a two-parter in one week of the season here right um, i release these on wednesday so this will release on the ninth and go to the next Wednesday, the 16th there. So when I cover this and I'm like, man, I'm right on the end. I, I scheduled my vacation from the 30th of October to the 11th or of, or 12th of November there. So I was yeah, like, I'm going to catch the good stuff. And then right before it gets kind of rough. Um, but like you said, this is getting into that lockdown phase where the beginning might be really good. And then the lockdown phase, you might, you know, have, have to tough it out there for a while. So, but um, if you could have the absolute perfect setup, um, wind, weather, and the location that you're hunting, what would that, what would that look like? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, again, on a, on a, the way I'm hunting now, I mean, obviously, you know, public land might be slightly different. I, I think, uh, growing up hunting so much public and pressure areas, I was always trying to get away from people and go to the thickest areas with the most cover, but, you know, and then of course, using some sort of funnel tactic in November is, is, uh, a, this has worked really well for me over the years. So when I look at my farms and or where I hunt, kind of my main, my main farm I hunt on, you know, where can I sit, whether it's all day or, or for the better part of the day and have the best chance at getting the most mature bucks to walk by me if they're between does. And that's kind of generally how I, I look at it. So obviously try to have good access and I of course have the right wind. Wind is of course important. Access to some of these other things are less important in the rut because they may not care quite as much uh, as they would early season or late season about ground scent and things like that. But try to do your due diligence, keep everything controlled as much as possible. And, you know, like one of my favorite spots and where I shot Dak last year is the pinch um, on our river farm. And it's just a narrow spot between a river and, a, and the slough and a lot of deer that are coming to scent check one of our big doe bedding areas they're just moving between big doe bedding areas and they're it's just an area where it pinches down on the river so as far as bow hunting you know your best chance of getting them in in bow range um is some sort of funnel setup is is what i like yeah you've you've hunted that um that particular stand quite a bit during this time frame it seems like over the years um and and had some really good encounters um that you almost killed your buck there Oh, you did kill your buck there last year as well, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dak, yeah. Dak was 
year. Um, that was November 17th, which is, yeah, you know, we were, we were messing around in the tree just cause we, our confidence level was pretty low. And then mm-hmm. already, I shot a buck November 10th last year, which was still pretty classic rutting that day, but November, it had slowed down quite a bit, but I killed, I've killed one on November 10th out of that set a few years back. One we called Gronk the first year I owned the farm and then shot prodigy there November 5th. Yeah. I mean, prodigy. Had- yeah that's the one that I had you on, um, maybe a year yeah. ago to talk about. Yeah. That, so I knew that you had shot that in that stand. And uh, that's why I wanted you to cover this week, because I knew last year you had shot bucks just right on both buffers of this right, this right. week. Um, and I really like that you're talking about that pinch point, because the first buck you killed, it was really cool to see that you had a bunch of trail cam pictures and encounters with him in the plots, but then you end up killing him, pinching in between the plots, kind of, uh, off, yeah, off yeah. the edge. That farm, that farm is still... Uh, you know, it's relatively new to me. I've, I've had it for a few years now. And, you know, I, I love hunting the river bottom farm and the river bottom farm has like sort of much nicer pinches and, and it's just a great rut farm. And we've had this, our home farm, I try to save it mostly for our kids and we do a lot of late season hunting there. And when you look at it, it's just, when you look at an aerial, it's not a real easy place to predict where all the deer are going to be coming here. It's a big square there's lots of ridges, lots of draws, you know, and there's just not really good pinches. And, uh, that, that deer I hunted last year, Chubbs, um, I mean, he was in there and I, I hunted 29 days, 14 different trees. And I kept thinking if I just sit, you know, probably my best pinch on that farm is the cherry tree. And, uh, it's sort of funny. The first time I really laid good eyes on him, I would, I almost hunted that tree that night, but I didn't. I went down to the food plot and, uh, he walked right under that stand. Yeah. He walked but, uh, under that stand a bunch, man. He kept, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kept backdooring but, you. <laughs> you know, I was hunting it a lot and every time I wouldn't hunt it, he would walk under it and smile for the camera. But, uh, it was interesting. I don't think I've ever had a buck, a mature buck, a big buck that I'm like solely hunting uh that i had as many daylight photos of that i couldn't lay eyes on i mean you would think if you flip back through my trail camera photos uh that i would have seen him every hunt and it's just sort of this farm there's so many draws he could go up and it's thick enough that if you're not within 100 yards of him you're just not going to see him and uh it was interesting i mean i was using my most recent information i had from trail cameras and sightings and trying to figure out where how is he avoiding me you know, and uh, eventually went and climbed in a tree I'd never been in, just in a in a in a thick area where I thought this is where he's crossing between two spots, and and got him in bow range. But uh, that was a fun that was a fun chase for sure. Yeah. So, I'm um, going back to it. Perfect setup this time of year would be some kind of pinch um, to kind of narrow these buck downs to get him in bow range, and that's where you've had the most success um, during this time frame. So, um, getting into next topic here. Um, is there any difference in your morning hunts to your evening hunts this time of year? Are you making a switch? Yeah, I think it depends. I'm not as much of an all day hunter as some people are, or certainly as much as I used to one, because I I need to get down midday a lot of times and take care of some work for the office or for, you know, some family duties or whatever. So as much as I'd love to sit all day in November, every day, uh, that's pretty difficult. Um, but, but as far as morning and evening and switching, 
I, I often hunt the pinches in the morning, the first half of the day. And my morning hunts in November, late October will go a lot longer. I just enjoy hunting the mornings more. So I might get in there at 530 and hunt till noon. And then if I'm having really great activity, I mean, I'm not getting down. If if I can, you know, help it, unless I have something I got to go do. But th- those are the situations where I may sit all day. But also, I mean, if this, there's a hot door, there's a lot of deer activity, I'm just going to stay there. I have a few spots that work for morning and, and evening. And what I say by work, you know, in the morning, I'm sort of just getting that cruising. In the evening, I do tend to hunt more of that bed to feed pattern. Because, I mean, even in November, uh, there's a lot of deer. They go and they bed down, particularly the does. And you want to be where the does are. And then they get up and they start moving to the food sources. And so I do have some spots that, you know, they do lend themselves to morning and evening. But depending on exactly where I am. I may move out to a food plot for the afternoon hunt and just catch them doing their activity in the food plot. Yeah, I agree. I've always had more success in the mornings and it's always so much cooler in the mornings for longer. I feel like, um, and you right. get that delayed movement and there's just something about feeling fresh. Cause you went in there in the dark and you, you, you got to, you're, you know, you're fresh right off the rip and, um, the, all the deer are coming back to you instead of you kind of waiting on them. Um, on the field, most of the time in the morning, you get really quick action. In the evening, it's kind of like a slow action of, a lot of times for me, the biggest deer I see is the first deer I see in the morning. And then in the evening, it's the complete opposite. The last deer I see is the biggest deer. <laughs> um, right. so, so I agree on, I really love those morning um, hunts that time of year. But getting into some fun would-you-rathers here, um, would you rather have all nighttime picks of your target buck over the last seven days or only one daytime picture of them over the last seven days and no other pictures and, at all and no other pictures at all oh <laughs> that's pretty funny <laughs> uh, yeah god that's a tough one actually. yeah yeah i was writing this one up i'm like oh this is a good one this is a good one yeah 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 so the nice thing about the rut you know, one, I mean, a lot of cameras go kind of quiet in, in November. You know, they're not working scrapes as much and they're just busy hounding stuff. So if I've got regular pictures of a deer, that's arguably better because they, they're they're using, you know, they're on the farm like yeah. a lot. And then if you're sitting there, if you're putting your time in, they're probably going to walk by you versus some deer that I've hunted before where you get an occasional picture. You know, they're not really on your farm. They're swinging through it, but it's not their real good core. And so I don't rely on daylight photos as much as I do early season. Uh, you know, and so I think I'd probably go with the all nighttime. All nighttime picks. Yeah, that that that's where I would go. During that time for, period, just knowing that deer is, one, still alive, um, and two, on your farm, like you said, uh, you could run into him at any moment. Um, at least you know that he is around the area. So number two, um, shoot your target buck. Um, but the rack is all broken up or shoot another mature buck. That's not broken. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's a good one. I, I think it depends on how committed I was and how broken he was, but I don't, I'm just getting, I, I feel like I just have a place now where if I pass a deer, he'll make it. Um, you know, even particularly a big mature buck and so this is probably a new thing to me where i would say hey he's broken up let's see what he does next year even at six or seven yeah being a few years back i mean my 
most of my farms, I mean, if I had a chance at an, an opportunity to shoot something that was mature, um, you know, unless it was just a half rack. Uh, I mean, if he had a few broken tines, I'd probably go ahead and take them, especially with today's taxidermy work. And I'm not entering bucks in the record books. So as far as broken, yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, I can get them repaired and put them on my wall and be happy that I, I caught up with them. But um, I would say that now with, with having a little more opportunity, I, I may let them go, you know, it, it depends on the year and what I have and who the buck is, but I swear if Chubbs would have had a few broken points yeah, last year, no, that's getting That's the so. buck that I was talking about. Like You had that really, <laughs> really beautiful four-and-a-half-year-old that you had your encounter with on the scrape that was kind of fighting him. Right. And I was like, man, if he breaks off a tine, like one of those yeah. unique tine points, that would be devastating. Yeah, 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 yeah. I probably still would have sent one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're At that point, you're just so dedicated to that deer. You're like, okay, I got I to gotta get Yeah, especially right. in November. You know, Dak... Dak in the pinch on November 17th was walking under me and, uh, you know, he kind of caught us by surprise, 9:30 in the morning, he's just totally by himself cruising head down. And it all happened so fast. And I shot him, I'm up in the pinch stand, which is a really high stand. Cause we're in a cottonwood with no limbs, you know, and he, uh, he just, he's right under me and I shoot him at seven yards and he runs off and I, I turned around after kind of getting excited and celebrating doing everything. I said, man, did he break that big kicker off? Because he had like a six or seven inch kicker off the base. Oh, man. And he broke it flush. And I went back and looked at trail cameras and I was like, he had broken it uh, a, a few days before. Man. Uh, and I was like, there you go. And I, you go. I have not gotten him repaired, but I have talked to this. Yeah. yeah. You might as well. Uh, yeah. That's, Dak was, you had hunted that deer quite a few years, correct? right yeah, yeah it was so it was cool. so crazy to to just you guys just out there chilling you just kind of killed a buck and then here comes a buck that you've been trying to kill forever just trotting yeah. in uh, it was pretty neat yeah he was he was my chubs the year before i mean i, I put 20 something days in after him had had three encounters a couple of them at 50 yards never got him i never got an arrow in i never felt really good about a shot and then he basically disappeared late season we just didn't have good food and whatever so roll the clock over i was pretty dedicated to hunting chubbs last year and then i was like well i got chubbs down let's go hunt dak and then like one sit and he walks under the stand it's like you felt like you didn't even have to try you yeah. know and so it's funny how it changes year to year but uh he's actually smaller last year too which if anything would have made me not want to shoot deer it would have been like he probably lost six or seven inches but so much history with them and i mean at six and a half you're like yeah i mean who in the right mind's gonna pass a, a big giant deer so i was uh yeah, I was I was happy to uh, send one without hesitation. <laughs> All right, so number three, and then we'll get back to the t the easy questions for you. So number three, the neighbor shoots your target buck, or you miss your target buck. Hmm, another good one. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd probably. <laughs> I mean, the selfish part of me says I'd rather miss him. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I would say. <laughs> I'd and rather miss him. Alive, as, <laughs> yeah. much as, as much as I love to celebrate ethical deer hunting and success and neighbors having fun, I mean, God, if you got one you're really chasing, I'd rather miss him and have another chance at Yeah, him. they're both devastating, but, like, I mean, right. you got you, – I think the miss is definitely better, better situational. So yeah, yeah, next time yeah. someone misses and listen to that, they're going to think, well, at least the neighbor didn't shoot him. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. All right, so getting back in the tactics here, um, you had mentioned um, all-day sets, and you had a couple stands that set up for those all-day sets. Um, kind of go into a quick description of what it takes for you to, to stay all day in one stand. Yeah, and so, again, kind of going back to being busy and not doing it as much as that maybe one could do it. I mean, there are people that are really dedicated to doing it. And, and I mean, I still think the best times in the rut would be for an all-day is a pinch uh, between two doe bedding areas or, or between, um, you know, that would be the best setup. And, I mean, food somewhere in there where you're catching bucks cruising between doe bedding areas, um in the morning, the first half of the day, but then you also capture that movement going back out to some sort of food source it, where bucks are following the does or getting up out of their beds to go push. Cause I mean, obviously even the bucks, you know, they don't bed down very much, but the, I've seen plenty of them bed down and take a nap in the afternoon in November. Um, the funnel has got to be your best spot for an all day. I mean, it's hard to argue. I think anything would be better. Uh, most of my all day sets though now are based on activity. So if I, if I got a hot dough that comes through and it's just a steady train of bucks, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to put the hours in that day. Cause you never know when that, that one you're after is going to scroll by at 1230. Cause he picked up that Centro. Yeah, I agree, man. This time of year, it's really hard to target bucks. Um, and that pinch is like you said, if you're, if that's kind of your best bet, if you know, he's in the area and he wants to get in between these doe bedding areas, he kind of has no option, but this spot. Um, so, and I've seen some weird pinches, um, that don't really seem like pinches, but if you, like you said, if you can see the movement, then you can figure them out. But I had one where they pinched along the edge of a hayfield to get away from hunting pressure, uh, where the guys yeah. were in the, in the timber and they would actually pop into the field and pinch out way around to get to the other doe bedding. And I seen it, it took me like three years of watching bucks do it, um, to where yeah. I wasn't like what is this deer doing in the middle of this hayfield? <laughs> yeah. then, then it finally clicked like, Hey, they're pinching around this pressure that's here. Um, cause once they're out in that hayfield, no one's expecting them to be out there. So they're getting the scent of every public hunter that's on that piece in that area. Um, so yeah, they, sure. they can, they can really figure it out. But like you said, once you see that movement, you can, um, kind of decide, uh, getting to the last topic here. Um, if there's one thing you could tell someone to help them be successful, um, what would, in this time frame? what would it be? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's almost got to be just put your time in, you know, particularly this time, this week, um, you know, it's easy to get discouraged and maybe think you're not in the right spot or, or, or something like that. And I mean, there's a lot of value, like you were just mentioning, knowing, knowing an area. I mean, I realize that's not always the situation, but it's hard to beat stand time learning an area and have confidence in what you know, uh, because you can, it, it's feast or famine this time of year, particularly when you click over into that latter part of this, this week, um, where you might just sit for hours and hours and hours and not see a deer, but, you know, trust, trust your, trust your knowledge and sit in your, sit in your spot and, and put the time in. Don't climb down because you hadn't seen anything in three hours. Um, I mean, the rut can be a frustrating time to hunt, particularly the lockdown phase of the rut, but it's hard to beat just putting time in the stand. I agree. This is unfortunately the time of the year. If you, if you, uh, still got a buck tag, you just gotta put the time in. Cause like, just like, you know, you hunted a buck for Dak for so long and then boom, he's right there. And 
you just killed. But if you weren't like, hey, let's go throw a set at Dak, you wouldn't have killed him that day. You That's know? right. It's just, yeah. just this time of year, um, it's literally you can put the tactics in and, and be in the right area, but you just, you have to be there. Um, and, and it's this time of year, it's like flashes of seconds of opportunity within that area. You know, if, if you're there 30 minutes late, you, you done missed him when he went through that pinch. So um, it's true. There's nothing worse than getting the trail camera picture the next day too. And be like, Oh, shit. Yeah. Gone. yeah. Oh yeah, man. I was, I was right there. I was an hour late. That's, yeah. that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's that's happening to a lot more people with the uh, the uh, right. mobile cams. Started. You guys are utilizing that Cuddy Link system. That thing seems pretty efficient, man. Uh, the, the way you're using it on the farm. So, yeah, it's it's really it's really fantastic. I mean, one, I mean, just to be able to all my farms. It's amazing this day and age. I have very poor cellular service. I can hardly make a phone call on anywhere on the farm. And uh, to be able to, one of the neatest things about Cuddy Link is you can, you only need one camera to have cellular, right? So you can go put that camera at your best spot on the farm and then link everything up. Uh, and it's pretty nice. You know, it's, it's, uh, they are coming out this year with one that does real time, you know, but where it basically goes into the app and you can check it right away. But it's, it's like the way the Cuddy Link system is set up. You know, you basically get photos every four hours or so. So it just keeps you. A steady uh, trickle of knowing yeah, what's going on. What's going on? Who's 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 on the farm? You know, I like it for trespassing purposes yeah. and as a real big thing. But also like, well, if you're getting daylight activity from a buck or you're seeing a lot of daylight activity in general, you say, oh, there might be a hot doe in the area. So that, that's kind of useful intel particularly for someone that gets, you know, just life is really busy and you, uh, you gotta be more selective about maybe when you can go out or whatever. Yeah. I run a lot of the Exodus render cams and, um, there people are like, how do you pay for all the data? I'm like, I don't think you understand how valuable the time to go check that camera is when you have four kids and a wife and a job, right. um, that data is minute, uh, cost when, you add up how valuable your time is where you could literally be sitting there playing with your kids and still have an idea what's going on out there. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. No incredible, doubt. incredible tools that we get to work with uh, these days. Being efficient. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's true. All right, Mike, well, I appreciate you coming on and spend some time with us. And, uh, I know you said something here. Hopefully, like I said, someone's driving out to the stand right now and they're like, Damn it, Mike said it. I'm going to go hunt this pinch, and uh, hopefully they kill the biggest buck to date. So appreciate you coming. That episode there with Mike Reed. Um, I love having Mike on. He's a great guest, great dude, and a giant whitetail buck killer for sure. Um, like always, I'm going to wrap this up quick because I'm trying to get to bed to go hunting in the morning. Like always, try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy, and whitetail legacy is out. Hope you shoot your target buck. I'll be coming in your ear holes. On Thursday, if you're listening to the Rutcation Podcast, if not, I'll be coming in your heroes next Wednesday with the next segment of the next seven-day series. White Till Legacy Podcast is out.